Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hey, good evening, everybody. It's Must Read Alaska coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is a reader-driven and a listener-driven conservative news project launched in 2015. And this month, we're celebrating our first six years of bringing you the conservative side of the news. We started out as a small but mighty newsletter, and we just couldn't keep a good thing down. It just grew and grew. And you know, what do we do now? We've got the website at mustreadalaska.com. It's all about Alaska for Alaskans. And we keep the mainstream media on their toes there. We, 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 we like to counter the liberal bias that's just too prevalent in today's news sources, especially in Alaska. What else do we do? We'll have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday newsletter with updates and special items that you don't get those anywhere else, not even on the website. And we have Club MRAC, which is the daily legislative bulletin that goes through the rest of the session. And that gives you the skinny on what's going on in Juneau during uh, the legislative season. Besides that, we've got this show, of course, and we've got our YouTube channel where we feature political video content and, and got to check that out. Sometimes our content is also on Rumble because YouTube is a censoring kind of a place and we've got some, some content that we have to put out on Rumble. I'm Suzanne Downing and I'm just really glad to be joined by my co-host today, John Quick on Nikiski, uh, down in Nikiski. And John, what's going on in the Kenai Peninsula today? Well, uh, thank you so much, Suzanne Downing. This is John Quick here out in the great Kenai Peninsula, which is sunny and about 35 degrees. The snow is melting and roads are becoming crazy, but uh, we don't mind that because that just means spring is either here or just around the corner. Some exciting news for us on the Kenai. This week, Governor Dunleavy is coming to the Kenai, okay. and, uh, which, is, which is exciting for us. Um, I, you know, he's going to probably be making a number of stops. I know that he is very keen on getting the Silvertip Road Maintenance Station uh, to be open. Him and Peter Machicki have been working on that together. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, that's exciting for us. Anytime that the governor can stop in, whether you agree with him or not, is a time for him to see what's happening with real people, getting conversations with real people. It gets folks like that out of the bubble of Anchorage or Juno or whoever, whatever bubble they're in, into having real interactions with real people. So that's exciting. Another big thing on the Kenai is uh, Kelly Chewbacca, who has thrown her name in the hat to run against Lisa Murkowski for U.S. Senate, is going to be doing kind of like a grassroots uh, meet and greet all over the peninsula. So I'm just going to real quickly kind of read off where she's stopping and, and uh, times that she's stopping there. So folks, if you're interested, if you live on the Kenai, these are open to the public events uh, and you can stop in and chat with Kelly and talk to her about issues that you care about. And I'm sure she would love to hear from you. So um, at 10 a.m. she's going to be, this is uh, Thursday, April 8th. At 10 a.m. she's gonna be on Sound Off which is our one of our big radio shows here on the Kenai Peninsula. Love with, that. Yep, Dwayne and Bannock. Dwayne yeah. Bannock will keep you on your toes. He was tall, dark, and handsome, and now he's uh, just on the on the morning show. And uh, she's going to be on that at 10 o'clock. And then Friday, April 9th, 
She is going to be at Ammo Can Coffee in Soldotna from 7.30 to 9. Go and, Jason uh, Floyd. Yeah, Jason Floyd is the owner of that, and he is the chief of staff, I believe, for Representative Gilman, or Ron. And so uh, just a great, unique opportunity for you to go in Soldotna and hang out with Kelly at Ammo Can Coffee. Uh, at 11 to noon, she is going to be at the lovely Nikiski Hardware and Supply oh, out ooh, here in Nikiski. Wait, 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 wait. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Hey, go, John, quick. Nice, nice score. You got Kelly Chewbacca coming to your hardware store. Oh, Good yeah, job. it's going to be exciting. So she's going to be there for just an hour or so. And uh, anybody out in Nikiski is more than welcome to come on down. Uh, from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, she's going to be in the nail check at the Thai restaurant there. Uh, and then from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., she's going to be back in Soldatna at the Catch Restaurant for another meet and greet. And then Saturday, April 10th, she's going to be rounding out her Kenai Peninsula meet and greet uh, at the Lands Inn at, at, uh, in Homer. Oh, and that's yeah. Saturday, April 10th from 3 to 4.30. So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. There's four or five events and a radio show for folks to either meet Kelly or call in and have her answer some questions. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time for folks on the Kenai. I can't remember the last time Lisa did something like that here. And so way to go, Kelly. Yeah, this might not be Lisa territory, quite honestly. Uh, you know, this, this, you know, Kelly's got a lot of supporters down there on the Kenai. And so does Governor Dunleavy. So Dunleavy's be, be down there on the Kenai, um, I believe, Tuesday. And I think he's got some announcements he's making. That's what I've heard. And of course, that Kelly is coming down there uh, Thursday. She'll be... Uh, should be, I mean, if she's on the Dwayne Bannock show, I, I went on his show once. Let me tell you, that was a ton of fun. He is so good at, at that show. He's so poised and he's, he's just got the thing down. And then of course, I love going over to Ammo Can Coffee and having coffee with people there. Always good people at that place. And um, last time I was on the, on the peninsula, I was right there in your store, uh, Nikiski Hardware. In fact, I think I have a picture of myself in there and you've got a great little coffee shop there. Yep. And so that'll be fun. But um, then, of course, there's one more event, too. I forgot. Oh, what's that? Peter Machicki, Senator Peter Machicki is going to be oh. at the Kenai Borough Assembly meeting tomorrow at oh. the borough building. And he's going to be answering questions during the assembly. And then after the assembly meeting, he's going to be also having a time where you could uh, answer, you know, ask him questions as well. So the president of the Senate is coming to the borough assembly meeting on Tuesday, you're saying? And, the, yes. and what's the time again? Uh, the time, I believe the borough meeting starts at 6 p.m. Yeah, um, And uh, just right there in Soldotna. And that's open to the public. I think they have it on Zoom as well. So, And the, the cool thing about the Zoom, at least for the borough, is you can go, you can show up in person. But if you don't feel comfortable because of COVID or you're traveling or, you know, the borough building is 100 miles away, um, the, the assembly clerk has set up the Zoom so where you can actually ask questions via Zoom as well, which is great. That's really great. Well, great. And Peter Machicki, of course, Senate president this year, doing a fantastic job, keeping a great relationship yep. with both the governor and also treating the, uh, the minority or Democrats really well and showing a lot of leadership under pressure because not everybody in his uh, Republican caucus has made it easy for him. And boy, I tell you, there are times when I think if I'd have been the Senate president, I'd pull out every last hair I had. I'd last about four days, probably, as Senate president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be knocking hands together by now. I'd be, I'd probably be a little bit more like a Mike Shower type Senate president. But, but Peter Machicki is very understanding, and he, he tries to work with the with the 
teaming ass. Hey, I wanted to mention to you something about this statewide poll that was released by this signal group today. And yep. of course, this is we're, we're taping the show on Monday and it's it's April 5th. But signal is spelled C-Y-G-N-A-L, but pronounced signal. And they did a, a poll across Alaska uh, for Kelly Chewbacca or Lisa Murkowski. You know, who do you want? And I was really shocked. I was absolutely shocked at the um, unfavorable rating that that Lisa has with Republicans. I mean, it's almost 90% unfavorable. Uh, negative rating for Lisa is 87% and only 10% positive with Republicans. That is, I don't know that there's another person in the country, another uh, lawmaker in the country who's got a negative factor that high. Now, I knew that her negatives were pretty high stateside down in the lower 48. Republicans do not like Lisa Murkowski. They see her as a traitor. But up here, a lot of people know her. She's been around since the late 90s doing, you know, she was in the House of Representatives and then she was appointed in 2002 to that seat. And so she's been there almost 20 years and people know her. They know the family and she's got sisters and she's got, uh, she's got a lot of contacts. Of course, there were good things about her because she was the one uh, person in DC who stood up for Ted Stevens when he was being accused. And so she got a lot of credit for that. But boy, I tell you, I thought she would be in better standing, John, than she is. She's 87% unfavorable. I suppose on the Kenai, it'd be even worse. Oh yeah. On the Kenai, you know, it's 97 or something like that. It's, Eesh. it's, uh, it's almost like a swear word to bring her name up around here because people are so disappointed and the time after time letting them down by they thought they were at least electing a somewhat conservative and that has not been the case and i think what you're seeing from that big percentage is people are just fed up now will they vote is the question because oftentimes you see people fed up and they're fed up and they're fed up and then the opposite team figures out how to flood the news with stuff that doesn't matter and then you soon forget about it and then it comes election day or election week or whatever you want it to happen and and we find ourselves being busy with jobs kids sporting events all these other things and uh the biggest question in my mind is will people vote and and uh you know the other thing that we've seen also this week is a, a very uh uh, coming out in supportive of Lisa Murkowski is Senator Dan Sullivan, which ah. I think a lot of people are disappointed in him for doing that. I think it's one thing to say, I, you know, I, if I support Lisa as a friend or I support Lisa in running, but it's another thing to say that I'm going to be supportive of her, regardless of who runs against her or however he framed it. And I think that I've talked to a lot of, you know, I get to talk to a lot of everyday conservatives owning a hardware store lends itself to that being one of the owners of a hardware store lends itself to that and you get to hear from people the everyday joe who's just in alaska trying to make ends meet you know and has a family or whatever and that person is disappointed in senator dan sullivan for making a stance like that they 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 you know they like him outside of that but i think that's been a big kind of kick in the gut for a lot of folks you know, it's interesting because he did come out, Sullivan did come out with that statement saying that he would support Lisa 
and her run for re-election if she chose to run. And none of us know she is actually going to run, although she did start her mailers, I mean, her emails, uh, requests for funds a few days before Kelly Chewbacca announced that first request for uh, campaign donations came out from, quote, Team Lisa. But uh, he, so he said he'd, he'd support her if she ran. And yet um, the Republican Party has asked her not to run as a Republican. They don't want her to run as a Republican. And they vowed to find another candidate. And lo and behold, they apparently they have. Uh, and so now this puts him in the awkward position of supporting somebody who has been disowned by the Republican Party. I think that's very awkward for him. And he's going to have to sort of thread the needle on this because that's not a, a really great position to put himself in. So we'll see. It might have been a mistake on his part. Maybe he didn't understand the, the possibility that the Alaska Re Republican Party could actually have uh, somebody that they nominate by convention that will be their official candidate. So they, they might have to uh, have a convention where they actually nominate their own candidate and then bring that forward and say, this is our nominee formally from our party. And if they do that from the party at the local level, then I'm talking about the state state party, that puts the national RNC in a, a tough position to back Lisa. They won't. I mean, they, they're not going to go against the grassroots because if the, there's one thing that the Republican Party is, it is a grassroots organization because like you said before, the thing about Republicans or conservatives is, you know, they'll jump in, they'll engage, and then they want to go back to work and they want to get things done in their lives. They want to build things. They want to create things. They like to create wealth. They like to take care of their families, go to church. They like to um, go to soccer games and hockey games. And so they don't engage all the time. The RNC can't afford to alienate the grassroots. I agree. I think that, uh, it's a, I look at this and I just think it's going to be like Alaska, Alaska needs jobs. Alaska needs opportunities. Alaska needs to be prospecting for more, more oil. They need to be pumping out more oil. They need to be doing a bunch of things. And instead of doing all that, uh, we're going to be, you know, focusing on election, which is great. But I think that if I'm in Dan Sullivan's seat or if I'm in Lisa Murkowski's seat, Alaska still wants to know, how are you going to get Alaskans jobs? How are you going to shore up our economy? How are you going to have COVID not infiltrate every nook and cranny of everything we're trying to do to have you know, uh, COVID vaccine passports? There are little things that I think that you could, that Alaskans are really dying for you to talk about. And uh, we'd love for those things to make the front page news and for those things to uh, be the things that you lead with, as opposed to worrying about, you know, who's going to run for what sometimes. I think that it's important, but oftentimes you forget, get out of your bubble. The average person in Alaska needs jobs. We need our economy back. We need to stop talking about COVID. How are you going to, how are you going to help that happen? Until you can give me those points uh you know have fun in your little nook of the world but that's the things that people really care about and all this other nonsense is just you know icing on the cake i guess i was talking to uh the guy who did the poll his name is brock mccleary at signal and he said uh he had never seen a candidate so upside down with their voters because he he's polled in alaska before and he is i mean his polling company is one of these top rated 
polling companies in the country. In fact, the New York Times said it was the number one private polling company in the country. But Brock said that he'd never seen a candidate in such a poor position going into her re-election or a re-election. So that puts Kelly Chewbacca in a pretty good position. Of course, she's only been uh, at this for a week. So she's <laughs> been running since last Monday. And so we'll, you know, there's a lot of game left. Let me tell you, it's a, a year and a half away before the, the general election. And of course, he, he, what they did is interesting on this poll is they polled in the environment that we're actually going to be in. They didn't just poll Republicans. They just polled all voters because our, they're looking for likely primary voters. And with our ballot measure two, everybody goes to the poll and there's one big ballot. You don't get to say like the Republican ballot or the Democrat ballot. You pick just one ballot and everybody's on there. So that's a big change for us. We've never done it this way. So we're going to you know, find out how strong she is amongst all voters. And that's what he was polling for. How strong is she amongst all voters? And amongst all voters, it wasn't, you know, she wasn't very good. It was about 63 against, uh, uh, you know, unfavorable with her and 33 favorable. 33 favorable is pretty low. I think Donald Trump uh, nationally and at his lowest point was in the, in the was in the 40% unfavorable or 40% favorable. Um, so she's not that strong right now with 63% unfavorable amongst the general population. So be very interesting to see what happens uh, next. Now, you mentioned Kelly's going to the, to the Kenai and she's got this big tour in front of her. Now, I heard somebody last week say, yeah, she peaked on her, on her second day of her campaign, but I don't see this as a peak. I mean, my goodness, she was in Breitbart this morning. She was on Politico this morning. She was on Lars Larson's show on Friday. Um, th there's some things happening. Um, her name recognition apparently is up because my goodness, you've got uh, with Lisa un unfavorable at 87%. Well, that just puts Kelly in a really good spot for a hungry, you know, for a hungry voter who wants change. So be really interesting. Yeah, the thing I think that uh, is going to be the curveball that I don't think anybody except for maybe people living in Maine could even remotely understand is ranked choice voting. I think that Alaskans are going to show up to this particular battle ballot box and they're going to have the Murkowski race, the Don Young race, the governor race. And um, the with, in particular with the Don Young and the Murkowski race, they're going to see a ballot like they've never seen in their entire life before. And a lot of people, like the average person, doesn't pay attention to any of this stuff. They don't, they literally don't pay attention. And even if, if you're the above average person and you pay attention to some of it, it's hard to understand ranked choice voting. This, this uh, thing that we voted on uh, last September, you know, it was like 60 pages or whatever. And uh, they had am amendments in there that had went in after the fact that the thing was submitted. And, and I don't think the average person has any idea, myself included, and I just know a little bit about it, of the effects that ranked choice voting is going to be having on Alaska. So I think some of this, if I'm in Lisa, uh, Senator Murkowski's camp, I'm thinking well, none of this stuff really matters because we got ranked choice voting and, and they're gonna do all the science. Lisa Murkowski's team is gonna do all the science behind ranked choice voting. And they're gonna do all of the uh, avenues in which exactly who to vote for. And they're gonna let their people know probably exactly who to vote for in this ranked choice voting system. And unfortunately, 
unless the Republicans get their stuff together, I don't see that happening. And what's going to happen is uh, the average person, I think, that's going to go to the poll or the ballot box is going to look at this and be like, I'm not voting for these other people. You know, I only like Kelly Chewbacca. Why would I vote for uh, Begich? Why would I vote, or, you know, Mark Begich? Why would I vote for Lisa Murkowski? Why would I vote for, you know, Joe Blow down here at the end of the list? I just want to vote for Kelly Chewbacca. Well, if you just vote for Kelly Chewbacca and Kelly doesn't get an X amount of percentage, it's going to go to a runoff and your ballot is going to be thrown out because you did not sufficiently fill out the ranked choice voting form and pick your other two choices. And I think that unless the Republican Party does some serious educational work on what this means for this particular race, that Murkowski's camp uh, is looking at all this stuff and not really caring because they're going to outsmart the other team. And it's very tricky because you you pick your favorite candidate. Let's say you're let's see let's say Lisa's your favorite candidate. Who's your second favorite on that ballot? Let's say Mark Begich runs and Kelly Chewbacca's on that ballot. So your favorite candidate is Lisa Murkowski. Who's who are you going to pick for second? Are you going to pick Kelly or are you going to pick Mark Begich? So some Lisa voters will pick Mark Begich and some might pick pick. Kelly. Now, if Kelly's your first choice, who's your second choice? Uh, your second choice, if, if Kelly's your first choice, Mark Baggage is not going to be your second choice. Maybe Lisa will be your second choice, but like, what's if, what if there's an Alaska Independence Party person running? You, Bob Bird. Yeah, maybe Bob Bird will be your second choice because like he's might look more conservative than Lisa. So it's a, it's tricky because whoever gets the most second votes might be the one who wins. The person who gets all the first, the first, the first choice for people might not be the one who wins. It might be that everybody had somebody for their second choice and that person wins. It's a really tricky thing. And it's gonna be especially hard for older voters who, have, who are just used to being able to say, I vote for this person or I vote for that person. They are not going to particularly understand that they're ranking it. And then it goes into this big calculator at the machine that counts it and you never get to see a hand audit. It can't be, it cannot be audited. So uh, what, we, what we put in place here as voters in Alaska is a really wild system. Be interesting to see if anybody ever has the courage and stamina to try to unwind this ballot measure too, because it is going to, I think, probably reduce the confidence that people have that their, that their votes will really count. Hey, before we go, I wanted to ask you about this, how we're doing with this vaccine passport thing. It's, um, you know, we could talk about this for a whole show. We might have to, yeah. but I'm really studying this because I see that, you know, Israel has a, a passport now and Hawaii has a, a hybrid kind of a, a vaccine passport. New York has rolled one out. It's, it's a QR card, QR code you put on your phone. And that means you can go to public events. And I even saw something today where Alaska Industrial Hardware is requiring all of its employees to be vaccinated which is really an interesting, um, we're, we're starting to see it invade our world. Um, the Biden administration, I know, and even, you know, private companies are all over the place putting credentials on people and issuing these types of passports. Um, boy, woe be the person who loses their vaccine card. They could just be completely shuttered out of even their job. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think that... Uh... One of the things that I really love about 
the governor of Florida as he recently did an executive order. And I quote in his executive order, section two says, businesses in Florida are prohibited from requiring customers to provide any documentation certifying COVID vaccinations uh, or post-transmission recovery to gain access to your business. And it goes on to talk about some other things about prohibiting this COVID passport. And I, th and I think if, uh, you know, if the governor is listening, Governor Dunleavy, this could be your time to shine because uh, conservatives voted you in. We appreciate the work you're doing. We're sick and tired of hearing about COVID. If we're honest, we're, we don't really need another COVID press conference. What we need is an executive order from the governor saying that, that you are going to disavow this COVID passport and literally just take what the governor in Florida did and transpose it into what works for Alaska and you will have a ridiculous amount of support from conservatives yeah, because great, yeah. we are uh, we are worried we're not going to be able to travel. We're worried that uh, we're not going to be able to go from city to city. We're worried that we're going to lose our jobs. We're worried that you know folks that are go working up on the slope that uh, they're not going to be able to maintain their employment status there because somebody has a religious reason that they don't want to get a COVID vaccination, which is a very real reason. And um, unless that I don't see the House or the Senate doing it because it's such a mess, unfortunately, unless the governor does some sort of executive order, we are going to be uh, seeing more and more of this COVID passport nonsense in Alaska. Somebody's got to put their foot down. And the only person that has the authority to do that is the governor. Interesting. And so that, that's a, you raise a really good point because we were going to have Kathy Tilton, Representative Tilton on our show today. And we were going to ask her about that. I had this as one of the things I, I planned to ask her is, hey, how about some legislation prohibiting companies and organizations in, in the state from uh, requiring vaccinations of their employees? But um, of course, with Louis Stutz as our House Speaker, they could not get their meeting going no. on time. They can't get any of their meetings <laughs> going on time. And today was no different. They were they went over, and so Kathy had to take a rain check on the show. But but the governor himself could do this. He could either yes. put legislation forward, or perhaps hey, how about his executive order? You know, sue me. What are you going to do? You know, you're going to force me to to say that we we can't um, that we're going to you're going to you're going to go against me and say that these vaccine passports are going to be required. I don't think so. I'd love to see him do that. Yeah, let him. If 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 you're listening, Governor, and the, and if one of the things is you're worried about, you know, losing another case in the the court of uh, liberal opinion in in Alaska, <laughs> right. then don't worry don't worry about that. The simple act that you would defend somebody's right to not want to get a COVID vaccine by not by doing something like this is a huge win. And if it gets thrown out in court, it gets thrown out in court. But I think this is what people in Alaska who elected you are waiting for you to do. They've seen the press conferences. They've seen all that stuff. They want you to step up to the plate and stick up for them in a way that, that they can't. And when I say the House and the Senate are a mess, I mean that literally the House is a mess. And the Senate is together, but they would never be able to put something together together because they don't see eye to eye on this stuff. Senator Machiki could probably pull something together in a week, but the House wouldn't do anything about it. Exactly. And so the governor is the last man standing to do something about this, even if it's uh, 
for the mere fact that it lasts for a month until it makes it through the courts, I think that this could be a huge win for the folks that entrusted you to be governor of our great state of Alaska. Right. And, and now that uh, House Bill 76 is making its way through the House and it makes it everything retroactive, the governor could do it retroactively. Why not? And I, I, I see it. that. Yeah, I'd see the Biden administration is definitely working on a, on a vaccine passport and they're not talking about it too openly, but they're having a lot of meetings on it. And they're talking about uh, dig, digital certificates that would allow you to travel. And I know the European Union is working on it, too. And so World Health Organization is involved. Uh, it looks like it is uh, IBM is involved. I tell you, between IBM and big tech, these guys are are changing our entire society into something that we're not going to be able to recognize. Well, that is going to about be it for today. Boy, that went fast. I uh, hope that we can get Kathy Tilton on the show next week, and we'll talk about the budget then, and we'll talk about um, whether or not House Bill 76 is actually going to go anywhere and whether the governor will veto it. But for the for now, if you want to get more st stuff on Must Read Alaska, you know you can get the newsletter by signing up for it. You can go to the website at mustreadalaska.com and be sure to tune in to our Wednesday show. Scott Levesque is our midweek show host and he does a great job. If you're a supporter, thank you so much. It makes it possible for us to get this show up and to get all the, the conservative news out the door. The donate button is on the right side at mustreadalaska.com. And you, you supporting this project allows us to stay independent, thoughtful against the big blue wave of liberal media. So until next time, John, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska.